the Big Sky Boneheads podcast. Thank you for checking us out. My name is Michael Gray. His name is Scott Hershey. Be sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you found this thing. And it's pretty much everywhere on all the platforms. If you do find a place you can't find it, holler at us and we'll add it. Uh, we've got special guest Sam Riddle coming up. My man is working hard <laughs> after years in Missoula and a basketball star from Hellgate. Uh, now... Uh, does what all basketball players do. He makes his living in Las Vegas, playing right. piano and singing country songs. Well, he doesn't play piano. He plays piano, but he, he's a wild man. He, he is a he is a yeah. stage presence. Imagine Garth Brooks times two. Like, Sam is right. that guy. And uh, he played basketball the same way. He was 900 miles an hour. He was the no-look pass guy. He was the guy making all the plays. He was, he was a magician on the court, as they say. Yeah. Uh, and now he just took that and turned it into music. I... How you can take that and turn it into music, you would. I'm, I'm shocked, but he does it. Well, you just have to have immense amounts of talent. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you or I would know anything <laughs> about, but if you have immense amounts of talent, you can do lots of things, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk to Sam in just a little bit. Uh, Montana making the news this week. A year late. Uh, if you're from here in Montana, this is old news. If you read the Washington Post and you live anywhere other than Montana, uh, you might have been seeing this for the first time last year, uh, a little more than a year now. It was July 4th weekend, 2021. We had ourselves a fatal bear attack, and that has unfortunately um, now it, it was on Drudge. It was in WAPO. It was all over the place um, with a woman from California who was camping and in a town called Ovando. In town. And, uh, in, oh, in town, yeah. Right. The, that was the, what was notable about that one. It was in town. At the library. Yep. I had friends that were there that night watching the fireworks were standing exactly where she put her yeah. tent up eventually. Um, and the bear came looking. She had food in the tent, and bears are jerks. Uh, they are not the Disney cartoons. They're not the, uh, they're, they're not what your comic no. books might imagine them to be. And so what happens is all the biologists and all the bear people, uh, grizzly people in the state, they study that. They take it and they do kind of a debrief on it and find out exactly what happened. They find out uh, what this particular bear was going through, why this bear and this woman met in this fatal encounter. And they found that they said it was a rare predatory attack now a lot of times the grizzlies uh there's a few instances protecting their cubs you surprise them uh and this one was the bear was looking for food it was actually looking for the food in her tent which it got and that's what uh, cost her but that's what they've done the debriefing that's why it's a year later that it's making the news rounds and hopefully i mean there's never there's nothing good um uh, about a bear attack and unfortunately people that don't live in bear country tend to get pretty flippant about well you're in the bear's territory and it ignores some of the just horrible things that go on grizzlies are not nice and they don't do anything uh nicely and we don't want to get into the details of this horrific uh attack and and the loss of life but if there is anything at all to be salvaged from it, it's the fact that other people may learn the lesson that you have to take this stuff seriously. Here's the thing. If you're not from here, there are bears everywhere. <laughs> and I, they only care about two things, making more bears and eating. That's, that's it. it. That's it. And they only eat to make more bears. They mm -hmm. need the energy to do that. And I maintain and have for a long time that the good side, downside – the bear program in Montana is a model. It is unbelievable the amount of success. And the wolves, by the way, not far behind. If you're just talking about pure conservation, 
You take the human beings out of it. Like, we didn't have any, and then, then we started to have, we just had a few, and now they're everywhere. We got a bunch. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like dropping, you know, a, a slice of melon at a picnic. You're going to have ants. They're all over the place. And now there are bears all over the place, and there are bears in densities that we haven't seen before and bears in places we haven't seen before. And you absolutely have got to take that threat seriously because I mean, we've had to learn, you and I, over the last three or four years, what is plural for a group of bears. Right. By the way, it's called a mall, yeah. M-A-U-L, because they're showing up seven deep. And they're not supposed to do that. You know, and as Montanans, especially Montanans who go out in the outdoors and, and who go into uh, national forests and, and uh, go out up in the high country or anywhere else, you have to – I was thinking about this as you talked about that because there was a uh, mountain lion sighting on a very popular public trail uh, here yesterday. And I thought we both now, as living in Montanans, going hunting, going fishing, we have in this in our brains a bank of knowledge – about what to do if you encounter each of the predators. And it is different. Like you and I are walking on a trail, right. a coyote comes up, there's a certain thing. In, All right, it's a coyote. Second thing is, what if it's a wolf? Third thing is, what if it's a mountain lion? Or what if it's a black bear or a grizzly bear? And there's five different yeah, basic you, guidelines that you have to do or don't do. You work your way up the scale. Right. You don't run away from well, you don't run <laughs> from away from a cat. Any of them. Right. From a, We've been advised if it's a mountain right. lion, you don't run away. If it's a grizzly bear, you back away. There's all sorts of different guidelines that you do, and you have to read their behavior. And this is just knowledge we're walking around with because we live in this country. Well, and let's be honest. Okay, you start with you start with coyote, and you throw a rock at the right. stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, fox, and coyote, you, whatever. You move your way up to wolf. You get your phone. You take a picture of the wolf. You get up to mountain lion. Okay, now you're making yourself big. Waving yeah. your arm. Hey, scary cat. If you're going to fight, Don't, we're going to have a fight. Yeah, we're going to, you know, and you're trying to remember if you brought a pocket knife or a hatchet or anything while the cat's looking at you like, hmm, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Black bear, again, you make yourself big. Hey, bear. Right. And, you, and then you get the grizzly and you pee your pants. Exactly. That's what, that's what you, when the grizzly bear shows up, yeah. you, you, you hope and you pray yeah, you, and you, 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 you evacuate wish. all your systems. <laughs> oh, please, please just go away. Please, please, please. Uh, it's yeah, terrible. I mean, I wish the I wish the taste of human tears uh, oh. would deter grizzly bears because I'd be safe because I'm just going to start bawling because that's that's what you got that's well, what you have in the in the toolbox if you see a grizz. And a year later, after this uh, this this fatal encounter, this this un you know unfortunately it adds to the list of don't do this or this will happen. Right. And here's a true life instance in which it did. Yeah, a vinyl tent is not a bear proof food storage. Like when they say that, no more really, than plastic protects a Twinkie. They really, really, <laughs> really, 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 really mean it. And so, please, uh, if you're thinking about coming to Montana, if you're considering camping and you live in Montana, don't blow off the bear threat. Nope, it's real. And in the event that you are one of the rare people to have an encounter, they're pretty uncompromising. And those those guidelines and things they tell you to do are for a reason. This isn't like you know. Uh, you should signal right when you're going to turn right. Ah, that's only a suggestion because uh, many people don't do it. But if you don't do these things, you could unfortunately end up like that one that that woman from California. It's terrible. It's horrible. But that's the truth. It is now time to welcome our guest, Mr. Sam Riddle, to the show. Sam, how are you? I'm doing great, man. So it's a little early, you know, but that's all right. Well, I wanted to start there because where the hell are you, man? You got Montana, New York, and Vegas, and Nashville, and you've covered a lot of ground, bro. Yeah, I'm at I'm at my home here in, in Las Vegas, and uh, it is uh, 
this is actually a great time of day here. It's not too hot yet. I gotta I gotta call AAA because my battery burnt up. <laughs> you know. So you know, just another Vegas summer day. Yeah, we freeze them yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, trust me. I'm. You know, people think I'm crazy, but I miss that so much. I mean, I. I'm coming. I'm. I'm actually gonna uh, get some time to come home this summer. I got a. I got about a week and a half off, and um, I'm excited. But I tell people that I miss the winters all the time. They think I'm nuts. <laughs> uh, for uh, people who recognize the name Sam Riddle, could be from a couple of different areas, uh, and uh, many of those are. We're going to go back to kind of the beginning, Sam. You grew yeah. up uh, as as the son of somebody who was who was well known in the state of Montana. Your dad played to the Mission Mountain Wood Band, which is still to this day one of the best known bands in state history uh what was it like seeing dad on stage and and seeing what he was a part of back then well I, i'm as a little kid you know i um you know we were in new york city uh, like from the time i was like one years old all the way through sixth grade and um i had not seen my dad with mission mountain during that time um he he was i saw him on stage a lot and i you know he took me to countless bluegrass festivals and and you know things like that so i i was aware of what my dad was and and um you know but that was just kind of normal to me it wasn't until um that reunion that happened uh that they had and that was like the summer before we moved back to montana and uh and seeing them rehearsed the first time in that garage at our place on Flathead Lake um, was a feeling uh, and, and a sound that I had never, you know, heard or felt. And, uh, and then when I saw them live um, those, those years when I was in middle school, I, you know, still to this day, I mean, trust me, I've stolen everything from them, <laughs> but but uh, you know, I still to this day, I I, I have not seen a live act um, uh, do what they do and uh, to people and 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 to what they did to me. So uh, it was it was a really amazing thing to you know to witness and and uh, but it was it was definitely a blessing to be able to uh, you know they say the good ones uh, copy, but the best ones they steal. And that's what I'm trying. I, that's what I do. I steal from the best. <laughs> I, I had to steal. I had to steal a lot of stuff from them. Well, and you answered my next question. Most people, if you're going to steal from your influences, if you're going to if you're going to take something from a performance, you don't have access to insights from somebody that's in the band. Have, have you and the old man, you know, spent time talking about those things and how you can best incorporate oh. them into what you do? Oh, of course. I mean, he well, he obviously saw right away when I, <laughs> you know, that. He always knew that I, you know, people think I have no fun when I go to concerts. You know, every time people take me to something, they think I'm having like the worst time ever. But all I'm doing is studying every single inch of what's going on. And uh, and he saw immediately when he saw me do my thing um, that I've been doing here, um, when he came down and witnessed it for the first time. You know, he knew immediately <laughs> everything that was going on and, and that I had obviously been paying attention. So, uh, you know, and that's a really cool thing. But, you know, obviously I grew up in an era uh, 
you know, before YouTube. So now these kids, you know, it's like you have access to everybody. And, and I take full advantage of that, too. I mean, there's nobody that um, I don't study that, um, you know, I, I try to take what I think are the great things of performing and entertaining and things like that. I try to steal things from people. But my dad is my best buddy, you know, and uh, we've been talking about everything. And, uh, you know, he's the one that um, kind of showed me the ropes to get started. You know, I had to take it from there. And um, he's always been amazing. Him and my mom both been amazing at, um, you know, always just being supportive and then, you know, kind of just shooting me out into the world and, and letting me figure things out on my own. And But anything that I ever wanted to bounce off him, you know, we've talked about it all. So, uh, you know, I was definitely blessed in that, in that, um, you know, respect. When people uh, listen to Sam Riddle music, they're going to hear, uh, you know, just what you'd think of with Montana country artists um, and, and, you know, songs about Montana. Montana, we have found out, of course, from many Montana musicians, Montana is, is basically everybody's muse. You, you will write songs about Montana. But there's more, you know, when you listen to Sam Riddle's songs, it's one thing. But the live show, Sam, and I can't pretend I've seen you live yet. I, I promise you I will. But the mm-hmm. <laughs> live show is more than just music. It's a show, and it has to be in Vegas, I'm sure, to to kind of entertain those crowds down there. Yeah, I mean, look, that's been my bread and butter has, has been the live thing. The the uh, the recording thing, you know, it's it's so funny. It's like the things that I've been putting out all these years have just literally, in my mind, they're like demos. You know, it's like, you know, oh, we got this amount of money. Let's this amount of time in the studio. Let's do this song. It, everything's been like one or two takes and, and you just throw them out there just to give, you know, everybody something along the way. You know, when you hear the new music that's coming out, that is the closest thing because there's nothing on the Internet that translates what I do live. And that's been a that's been a my biggest one of my biggest hurdles is is trying to figure out how to capture, you know, who I really am. You know, and it's like this was not the plan, you know, so I've kind of I've kind of had to figure this out on my own along the way and try to figure out how to, you know, that's a problem my dad and them had. They they didn't know how to translate what they do in person um, onto their one record that they have, you know, and uh, that's been something that I've been just slowly chipping away at and trying to figure out. And when people hear this new stuff that's about to come out it is definitely going to, um, you know, be able to do that. But again, the live show is what I always knew was going to be my bread and butter. I, I knew how to do that. And that comes from my, you know, since the day I was born, I've been, I've been training to, you know, do what I do live. And a lot of that training came from sports, you know, and, um, I'm sure we'll get into that, but, you know, it's so funny when people come down here from Montana, (laughs) everybody around the country knows me for what I'm doing, but everybody from Montana and in the basketball world, when they see me do this, they is like, what the heck? You know, it's crazy to them. And then it's crazy when people hear I play basketball that don't know I play basketball. But I will say that, you know, even just playing basketball and the way I played basketball and, and, and growing up in Montana, it's like, all those things, you know, are incorporated, you know, into what I do. And, and that's what, you know, made me 
um, you know, who I am as an entertainer, you know, really. Well, and, and Sammy said this wasn't the plan. What was the plan? I mean, shoot, I thought, I mean, I was going to be, you know, uh, basketball was it, you know. My dad still still pissed at me that, you know, baseball was my best sport, but he's still mad at me about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he always thought I was supposed to be, you know, shortstop for the Mets, you know. Oh, and, uh, the Mets, but, uh, that. But, <laughs> yeah, but for me, <laughs> For me, it was, you know, basketball was my life. And, uh, you know, playing the piano and music was just something I was always able to do. And it was just always an amazing escape for me. And um, and my dad always told me the easiest money I'd ever make was playing that piano. And I, he was he's never been more right. I mean, I, I still to this day when I first was brought here to Vegas, you know, like I couldn't believe they were paying me this much money to play the piano. You know, like I thought it was crazy. And that's why I came down here at first and just kind of took a break from basketball. And that break ended up turning into um, just another life. So the 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 plan was basketball, you know. Well, you, you mentioned I, the parallels between sports and and uh, and, and entertaining uh, the way you do it. And I watched you play basketball, Sam. And when I was told that you did music and then I found out what you were doing, it made perfect sense because – you're a born entertainer. You were a born entertainer on a basketball court. You were you were charismatic. You were one of the most charis- charismatic players uh, for the Montana Grizzlies that that I've ever seen. And you were one of those players that became popular immediately. Um, just the way the style you played was crowd pleasing. So it did. Like I said, when I first found out you were doing music, and I was like, "Is it that Sam Riddle?" And they were like, these and, and a friend who's a Grizzly supporter said, "Yes, that Sam Riddle." I was not at all surprised at the energy level that you show. Well, that's cool, man. And you know, I will say, I never did give the Grizz fans the show that I plan on giving them the day that I play that football stadium. Oh yeah. <laughs> the day I do that, that then they'll get the show that uh, you know. I wasn't really allowed to put on while I was there. Let's we'll just keep it at that. But <laughs> I will say that uh, you know, and the reason why basketball was so um, kind of just it, it it just made so much sense to me. And what I wanted to do was it was the one sport that I could entertain people and make people feel good. And that's that's really like all I've ever wanted to do was use the things I've been given to make people feel a certain way and. You know, and the more that I have, um, you know, you know, developed and and grown, I've, you know, I've gone through these phases where, you know, you start out at whatever you want to do, you want to be the best at it, right? And, and you work to be the best you can, but then you realize one day that it doesn't matter how good you are until you realize that it's not about you. It's about everybody else and it's about the people that are there and um you know when when my when every time my my focus switched to that that's when magical things happen you know so when i played basketball it was about the people there it was about the people that would come down from the drive all the way to hellgate's gymnasium from the res you know to watch me play it's about all those kids like those those skateboarders and kids that were playing hacky sack and all them kids that would never go to a basketball game, but they came to, to watch me and would put, you know, cool sayings on the bottom of their skateboards. You know, <laughs> I mean, like it's about 
bringing those types of everybody from all walks of life together and making them feel a certain way. And um, when I realized that power that I, that I could have, you know, I, I just switched it right over seamlessly to doing this. And um, the day that I, you know, the day I had the vision of what I wanted to do with this music thing, I knew I wanted, I was like, you know, I'm going to put a cowboy hat on, represent my family doing that, stick these boots on, get in these jeans. My mom has been trying to get me to wear my whole life, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, I was always just big old baggy sweatpants or shorts, you know, and, and, uh, and once I did that and I just started, you know, writing songs and performing them about, you know, growing up, not only just in Montana, I'm, obviously Montana is a muse like none other, but my upbringing and the opportunities and the things that I was um, exposed to so early in life in New York City and throughout the country, you know, because of my mom and dad, um, you know, all those stories, I, I just got to see so much more than no, a normal young kid would see. And, and being around all those different walks of life, it just helped me to really connect with people even better, you know, and um, it's just something I hope to, I hope to really uh, master in recording. But again, it's just that I, I just really know how to do it when I'm performing. And um, so, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And the cool thing about music is that in art is that it's lifelong, you know, you know, I don't have to be um, sports has a, you know, a timeline and art doesn't, you know, and it's just whenever your time comes to to uh, do that, um, it's just a, that's that it was a kind of a it just made a lot of sense to me that this would be something that um, I would be able to pull it all together. Everything that I've ever had, bring it together into one thing and be able to make people feel the way I've been trying to make them feel. And, you know, be on a bus and going from town to town and flying around, be able to take care of my family and do all the things that I've been fortunate enough to do all along the way too. So, well, the other thing that doesn't have a timeline, Sam is Vegas. I was just there yeah. in April and <laughs> I was wondering what it would look like post pandemic. I was like, Nope, it's Vegas. We're back a hundred percent. How do you manage, yeah. how do you manage life in that part of the country? Cause that town doesn't have an off switch, man. No, it doesn't. And you know, I, I will say Vegas has been so good to me from day one and um you know i've i've i was very very fortunate you know to uh get the opportunities that i did but you know look it, it's a hustle and it's, it's it's a lot of hard work but vegas has been um very good to me and vegas also made us the first live act to to perform in las vegas after the pandemic we were the first live wow. show to play and the first chance that any hotel took was uh, us and um because of that, and it was such a success that it just kind of trickled on from there. And, and um, you know, I was just, I'm very thankful for that. But again, you know, all the, all the stuff that comes with Vegas, like, yeah, I've seen it all. And yeah, I've gone around and experienced all these amazing things. But again, I got to thank um, sports and people like Coach Eric Hayes and, and, and people like my mom and dad and, and, you know, it takes a village, you know, and all the people that helped raise me in that in that state. Um, 
it's uh it's those disciplines and 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 those things that have kept me alive really <laughs> in a place like this well see, and, um, I, I, I mean vegas has got to be vegas has got to get rid of uh the the acts that do, just don't cut it real quick uh, it's very competitive for everybody's dollar there in every aspect but to be a music act there especially a country music act uh you're gonna mm -hmm. have to rise to the top you're gonna have to overcome so what was that process like of of finding your way to be such a uh, to, to last so long in vegas well i just i knew when i came when i had the idea i knew that nobody was doing what i was gonna do and this was I was putting rock and hip hop and stuff into my country music way before even the radio was, you know, and I knew that if I add, I knew that country was so, was such a growing and diverse type of genre where you could add so many things that I knew it was going to be perfect for me to blend all these influences that I had. And um, I also knew that, there was no, there's no real performers at the time, you know, uh, in country music. Everybody was just standing there, you know. And the the kicker was, I knew nobody in country music was playing the piano like me. So, I knew that I could, I knew that there was a hole that I could, that I could fill. So when I came here with this idea, I had known Vegas so well from playing seven nights a week for four and a half years straight piano. I mean, there wasn't, if there was a, from, from the week I got here, um, seven nights a week, sometimes two, three times a day, if this is back when Vegas had pianos, right? <laughs> <laughs> like there was like real classy places where everybody got dressed up. And if, if there was a place like that with a chandelier and the little lights and it felt like the classy place and there was a grand piano, I was the dude in there playing. And I did that, you know, for seven nights a week for four years straight and no break. And I got to know the town very, very well. And when when the vision of, you know, where I wanted to take music, because I was like, I guess I'm doing music now. <laughs> and people, people, for some reason, keep paying me to play this piano. I, I mean, I always thought I was faking it, you know. I mean, I knew I could play, but it was one of those things where, like, you know, I had this big house and, and, and it's, it's almost like I had like a bag packed at the door waiting for my parents to come pick me up from camp, you know, <laughs> like any day now, this was all going to be over because they're going to realize that I'm just a basketball player posing as, you know, Harry Connick Jr. So <laughs> anyway, and so, but for some reason I had every gig I wanted and as much as I could possibly handle. And when I had this vision of what I wanted to do, I was like, if I'm going to do music, I got to figure out who I am. And, you know, I didn't, I went right into this country thing. I dove right in and I, I went all the way there. You know, I had never been, you know, I mean, I was e even to the point where I'm twanging my words more than I really do, you know? And like, I just kind of didn't know who I was gonna be in this genre so i just kind of it was pretty much like i was doing a kenny chesney impression you know and but at the same time incorporating all the things that make me different um and i was just kind of using these guys at the top as barometers of 
you know, I was like, dude, this guy's selling out stadiums. I can murder this dude, you know? <laughs> so, so like, so like, that's kind of like where it all kind of started, you know? And so I just kind of came here and I, I hustled, I hustled like the way I know how to hustle this town and, and just kind of, the first audition I had was the first time I ever, I, I'm in this huge showroom. I got all these hotels there bidding on me. And I had hustled this audition and I had never, I did nine originals, right? Never crossed my mind to do a cover song. And I did nine originals and I had never been on stage and performed country music ever in my life before that. But I made everybody there think that I've been on like tour, you know, like been doing this forever. Little did they know I just been playing the piano and dribbling a basketball. So <laughs> you out Vegas and, to Vegas. Yeah, but that's the thing about Vegas, you know, like I just, you know, if you if you act like you got it, you got it. You know, but I never was like somebody to like fake it till you make it. I was never that guy. I'm more of a guy that's like make it till you make it. You know, just keep making stuff, keep trying, 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 keep going, you know, no matter what, get up the next day, you keep working, you know, and um, that's really just what I did. And and I got that audition and I started headlining casinos immediately. And next thing I know, I'm headlining three to five a week. Then, it, you know, that turns, I'm playing two, 300 nights a year. I'm starting to, I'm opening for everybody. I'm going, and it just all took off. And I, I took over in, for country music. I took over the town immediately, and you know it's been like that ever since. If I want, if I if I want to play every single night here, I can. And it's just a it's just a matter of, um, you know, the roller coaster of the business side and trying to figure that out because I don't want to do it like anybody else has ever done it. And that's the only way you get on Mount Rushmore is if you come out of somewhere different and do something way different. And that's just been the goal the whole time. And I want to come out of Vegas because nobody comes out of Vegas. You come to Vegas, to, you know, when you, you know, to die, really. And it's, you know, I, I never and I always stayed an artist. I always played my originals. I kept staying myself. Even when I do a cover, I do them the way I would do them. And, you know, it's just kept things uh going and um kept things new and every time i see people trying to copy what i'm doing it it i gotta i gotta make another left and i gotta do something different i gotta come up with a new look or or new this and all the while i've stayed true to really just finding me like how can i truly be me in this thing and and um it took it took a while but not too long you know and um and that's why it's been so satisfying and um and I'm definitely fulfilled because again, you're not living unless you're giving. And I'm giving to these people every single night from all over the world and I'm not faking it. I'm not being somebody that I'm not. I'm not I don't have to go out there and try to be, you know, Tim yeah. McGraw, one of these guys. You know, I can go out there and be Sam Riddle, the right. the basketball player who singing country music you know i can beat myself now right what do you but, do but it's a, yeah go what, ahead what do you do to get a break from it because vegas will wear you out if you let it and obviously you're playing well, a, you're playing a ton what do you do to get away from it for a minute well i you know 
when I was trying to get away from it the first, you know, for like the first five, six years, and I'd go up to Flathead Lake and get on my boat, you know, and sit out there, I had the hardest time sinking in, like, into those moments like I used to because I was just always like, man, I still got stuff to do, mm-hmm. you know? So it was really, really hard for me to do that. Then my dumb ass goes and has kids, you know? <laughs> That'll slow you down. <laughs> yeah, you know, so now it's like my breaks are, um, you know, my little girls, you know, jumping all over my head at 6.30 in the morning, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I haven't been too smart in that regards, but... Um, you know, but I'm uh, definitely blessed. But I will, I will say, like, I the breaks come when, like, you know, like it's kind of like in the relationships. You know, it, it's like uh, when something, when like some good people come around you. Because the biggest hurdle I've had is is weeding through all the snakes. That's been the hardest thing. And people have come and, and gone, I can't, just countless people who say they're somebody, they're not, you know, it's like those types of things. It's just kind of comes with, you know, what I do. But every now and then there's been some people that have come along and the breaks have been like in these beautiful like relationships that I have with some people. And, and um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm going to take a, a, a weird kind of a rare break this summer and in August and get up to Flathead Lake. And, and I think that'll be more enjoyable than it used to be. Um, and, uh, you know, but again, I just, I really, I'm just very kind of hyper-focused and, and, um, and I, I feel like the breaks are going to come when I can go like, Hey, like we're here. And we're doing it. And I've had a lot of moments like that, you know, but it's, it's, it's always the next thing. It's kind of, it's a blessing and a curse. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. What's it, uh, what's it like when Montana people find you in Vegas and some of them might've known you as a point guard and then they discover that now you're something different. Oh yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's like some of the stories I'll tell you a couple. It's so funny. You know, I play, 300 nights a year and every single night there'll be somebody from Montana. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, and, and it doesn't matter where I go. I mean, I'm playing at the palace in Bakersfield. Some dude's like riddle, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, where's this guy from? You know? And, uh, but there was like, there was, I was playing at MGM. Um, there's a couple really cool stories that happened recently. Um, off the top of my head, this kid comes up to me and, you know, he's like, man, I, he goes, you don't know me, but I watched you play in the Montana-Wyoming All-Star game. He's like, to to me and my friends, like, you're it. Like, you're the reason why we wanted to, you know, be great at basketball. And we all ended up going and playing college. And now we got – and here you are playing, you know, I, just like crazy little stories like that. And then the very next week, I look out in the crowd, and there's like seven coaches out there, okay, like – we're talking about like Coach Durham, Coach Keller, like legends, right? <laughs> and uh, they're all out there in the crowd surprising me, you know. Usually I'll get like a text or a message or something. 
you know, so I can get them a table or something. But the, they surprised me, and and and, uh, and those types of things are just like so magical for me. Like those relationships, and you know, I always make sure that they get the Vegas treatment. Though I mean, they don't have to, if I, especially if I know you, definitely taken care of. I try to, I try to bring them backstage and you know, give them cool, you know, little show them that, uh, you know, the Vegas, uh, behind the scenes is, uh, not always what everybody thinks, you know, you gotta, you're back in the halls with the cooks and stuff like that. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. It's just a really, it's just like, we all just kind of, the fact that I, that I'm standing there in a group of like eight legendary high school basketball coaches who also college you know obviously keller's doing great in college and they're like a royalty basketball family same with the Durhams. you know um the fact that you know we're all like it's like we're all like homies now you know it's like the weirdest thing for me sometimes because i still when they're around i still feel like i'm 16 years old and like they're gonna yell at me or something you know <laughs> but uh I just, I, it just, it's just a really special thing. Um, you know, Montana is uh, just, you know, I, I, I hate even talking about growing up with other people, you know, like people be like, yeah, we used to do that. I'm just like, man, you guys have no idea. There's no place like Montana. It's not even reality. I've been all over the world. There is no place like it. And when you can share that with somebody in in a moment like that uh, with music and and uh you know in in a place where we can both look at each other and be like can you believe that we're at this huge in this huge place with <laughs> with all these people and me and you are the only people that know what the hell is really going on <laughs> it's like it's just crazy man and it it really makes me feel like a just a little kid again to be honest. Well, uh, we we uh, we find that out from all the guests we've had on the podcast that the Montana thing, you know, permeates. And when you have a history in two different worlds, basketball and uh, your dad, and now your music there, uh, it's it's really got to got to be. It's like the the web of Montana reaches even further. What are you? Uh, what what are your future plans for music in this state? We, we'd love to know if you're going to perform sometime because uh, I've got to see a Sam Riddle show. Man, so yeah, I mean, we, I've had, there's always a lot of talk, you know, and uh, and I hear stuff, but it's just like, they get at me too late, you know, because my <laughs> my year fills up like so quick. So, you know, there's been talk, there's been some opportunities this summer that just kind of got, the ball got dropped. And, uh, but I'm going to try to get back there, um, you know, as much as possible. I have, you know, part of my bucket list moments have to do with that state. And I want to be able to put on, you know, the concerts that I've always dreamt of there. I mean, that's the place where really the whole thing comes to like fruition. Like it's all the things I want to do in music are only so I can go back and do things in Montana and play Washington Grizzly <laughs> right. stadium. Exactly. That I mean, I don't even want to play in Missoula till I can play at least the arena. You know, <laughs> it's like, um, you know, but it, you know, I just, I, I'm gonna try to get back there as much as I can. I, I'm kind of, I have to be done doing lounges 
uh, here in Vegas. I've kind of quit doing that and just because I'm at that point where, you know, it's kind of ticketed shows only. So, um, you know, I'm making that transition here in Vegas. Um, and because that's kind of how it's been on the road, you know, whenever we're on the road, you know, we go out there and we're just doing my music and, and my show instead of, you know, sometimes when you do these lounges, you got to play, you know, five hours and you're doing half of that time doing cover songs and stuff like that. And I, it's just time for me to, uh, you know, push the other side of it like I do when we're out of town. And um, and so I, I just kind of got a whole new era kind of coming on starting in September. And with this new music coming out, I'm really excited. And and uh, I mean, the plans to come up to Montana, I'm always looking for an excuse to get home. So anybody that's listening, they can actually pay me and my band to come up there. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love that. Tell yeah, I'm that. trying to. Well, you know, it, everybody everybody thinks I just come home, you know, all the time, and, and it's like my band can just be there too. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> that costs money, man. Yeah, I can't I can't really do like a backyard party right now. You know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Sam. Uh, obviously, you got an open invite here. If you ever get back to the state and you, and you got the time, you're around. We'd love to have you in studio, and and we appreciate the hell out of you taking the time with us this morning. Hey, this has been awesome, man, I, and I really appreciate you guys having me. Just hello to everybody at home, and and uh, man, I just anybody that comes through, just make sure you tell the people you're from Montana, and uh, you'll be taken care of. And, and uh, again, thank you guys for having me. All right, thank you again to Sam Riddle and uh, all of you for taking the time with this week's episode of the podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find these things, and we will be back next week. <laughs>